Welcome to the Thrive City Church Podcast. My name is Pastor Ben, and I'm so grateful that you have decided to check us out. At Thrive City Church, we want you to experience a thriving life with Jesus. Wherever you are listening from, we hope that you find this message hopeful and encouraging. To her. Let's pray together. Jesus, we worship you this morning as our risen Lord and Savior. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for dying in our place, but even more so, we thank you this morning for the empty grave. We worship you for you stand victorious over sin and over death. Jesus, let this Easter Sunday be a celebration. Let it be more than just stories or memories. Let today be a powerful encounter with your presence, with you, Jesus, the risen Savior. In your glorious name we pray, amen. Over the course of my life, I have moved a lot I've moved a lot from apartments to houses, uh, from houses back to apartments, not across the country or anything crazy like that, typically just within the city of Syracuse. But if you average out the number of times that I have moved over the course of my life, it averages out to about every two years. Every two years over the course of the last 35 years, I have had to pack up and move everything into a new place. And you might be thinking, what? Why did you move so much? Well, when I was younger, uh, my parents split and my mom was always on the lookout for a better place to raise my brother and I. And if you have ever had the experience of renting an apartment or a house, you know that everything seems great until you spend the first couple nights there and you realize how loud the neighbor actually is, uh, how much the neighbor's dog will not stop barking. And you're always kind of on the lookout for a better place, a better deal, a better place to raise your family. Looking back on it, I'm, I'm actually really grateful. I'm thankful for this experience of living in so many different places because it's given me an appreciation for the city of Syracuse, for all these different spaces that our city has to offer, these different neighborhoods. But as I have started to get older, I've noticed something interesting that perhaps you have experienced in your own life. I have started to get strangely sentimental whenever I move. Let me quickly share a little bit of an embarrassing story. When we first got married, my wife and I lived in a cute little apartment in the neighborhood of Eastwood here in Syracuse. It was a great apartment. However, as our lease came up to be renewed, we decided that, that our best course of action was to find something uh, a little bit better, a better fit for us. I was excited as we packed up all our stuff. I was excited as we loaded it onto the U-Haul. I was excited as we helped rappel down our full-sized couch from the second story window, almost crushing a friend of mine. Uh, I was excited until the moment that it came to lock the door for the final time. As we made our final walkthrough of the apartment, making sure that we had gotten everything, as we walked down the stairs for the final time, as we locked the door, 
I got overwhelmed. I got strangely emotional. I got overcome with all these different memories and different thoughts of the past. I think in this moment, my wife noticed that something was up and Tina asked me, what's going on? Are, are you crying? And I think you know that one of the worst things that can happen when you're getting emotional and you're, you're trying not to show people that you're tearing up, one of the worst things that can happen is somebody asking you if you're crying. So in that moment, I just kind of lost it. I was a blubbering, emotional mess because I was moving out of an apartment. In that moment, all the memories that my wife and I had made in our first apartment together kind of came flooding back to me. And even though it was just this normal two bedroom apartment in the neighborhood of Eastwood, leaving meant that life was never gonna be the same. It reminds me a lot of the show, The Office. If, if you're familiar with it, it reminds me when Michael Scott is starting to second guess moving away to Colorado. And he says, I can't do this. All the channels are gonna be different there. I'm not gonna be able to find my shows. And there's no way that I'm gonna start improv at level one. Well, it turns out since I moved so much growing up, I've started to cling to things and have a really, really difficult time with change. So let me ask you this, how do you handle the challenge of change? In your life, maybe you get emotional when you move, when you have to say goodbye to a house or an apartment that you have lived in for years. Or perhaps you have a really hard time pivoting and, and changing when things in your life don't go the way that you thought that they would or perhaps you've experienced the end of uh, a difficult relationship, or you've had to experience an unexpected illness that has drastically changed the way that you thought life would be. Whatever it may be, dealing with change can be very difficult. As we go back to the scripture that we read together in John chapter 20, we see things change forever. As Mary and as, as Peter and as John stumble upon the empty tomb, they begin to realize that something's up, something has changed, that, that life is going to be different forever. As we go back to the story, in the cool of the morning, while it was still dark, we read that Mary had approached the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid. And as she's going to, to take care of the remains of Jesus and to anoint him with spices and oil, she realizes as she gets closer that something was amiss. The stone that had been blocking the tomb where Jesus laid, it had been rolled away. In a moment of panic, Mary likely thought that somebody had vandalized the grave, that somebody had stolen the body of Jesus. So she runs and she tells Simon, Peter, and John. Now they have to see this for themselves. Somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. We can't handle any more tragedy in our lives. So they run as fast as they can to the tomb to see if what she's saying is true. Now, out of breath and likely overwhelmed with emotion, both John and Peter come to the tomb and see the grave clothes that Jesus had been wearing when he was buried. But they were not scattered around the tomb as if they had been ripped off in a hurry or vandalized. They were lying neatly folded up where Jesus had been laid. 
So as they kind of took in the scene that was before them, they decided that they needed to go back home and tell people what they had seen. But Mary, Mary didn't go back with the others. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping because in this moment, she she thought that the body of Jesus had been stolen, that she couldn't even mourn Jesus in peace. She had just lost her teacher The man that she thought was her savior, she was like, he's gone forever. And I can't even grieve him in peace. All of a sudden, as Mary peers back into the tomb, she encounters two angels, uh, one sitting where where the head of Jesus was and one at his feet. Now Mary, as she peers into the tomb, encounters two different angels and they ask her, Mary, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? And Mary, in this moment, still overcome with grief and emotion, doesn't even really pay attention to who they are. And she just says, if you have his body, just tell me where he is. I will take it. I won't tell anybody. You won't get in trouble. Just please tell me where Jesus is. And then all of a sudden, She turns to the stranger, this man who she thinks is a gardener or a landscaper or somebody who is taking care of all these different graves in these tombs. And in this moment, Jesus, this man says, Mary. He says her name. And in this moment, when she hears the words of the risen savior, she automatically understands who it is. And in this moment, she cries out, Rabbi, teacher, it is you. Man, in that moment, Mary must have been getting ready to to just run up to Jesus and to hug him. What happened? I thought you died. I'm so confused. I saw you die bruised and bloody with my very eyes. How is it possible that you are here? Is this a vision? Is this possible? Can this really be? It is interesting to see that the first words after Jesus called her name, the first words of the risen savior Jesus are, do not cling to me. Don't touch me. Mary, I know that you want to come close, but don't touch me. What an interesting choice of words of Jesus. If it was me in this moment, if I were Jesus, if I had come back to life from the dead, I would say, hey, I gotcha. Can you believe this? I was trying to tell you all along, this is, this was going to happen and you didn't believe me, but you should see your face right now. But no, Jesus in this moment says, do not touch me. Now, we could go down a list of different theological reasons why uh, Mary was not allowed to touch Jesus. But I think that one of the reasons why Jesus said this to Mary, do not cling to me, do not touch me, is because she needed to understand that things were changing forever. That Jesus had changed everything. That the resurrection had changed everything. As Mary slowly begins to understand that Jesus, in fact, was no longer dead, that he had been raised from the dead, the grave was empty. She must have been thinking, this is amazing. 
Life is going to return to normal. This is going to be the best comeback story in all of history. Jesus is going to deliver us, his people. We are going to continue traveling the country, teaching, performing miracles. We are going to see Jesus overthrow the Roman Empire. This is going to be amazing. But Jesus says, no, wait, Mary, don't touch me. For I am ascending to heaven. Things are different. Things are different for the better. Mary, you don't yet fully understand the scope of what has happened. You see, in this moment, on that first Easter weekend, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, he changed everything. And as scripture talks about, when we place our faith in Jesus, he changes everything in our lives. He changes our life before death. He changes our life after death. Jesus changes everything. You probably remember back in high school studying astronomy and planets and stars and black holes. There's this thing called gravity, right? That all, that all things that have mass have Gravity And the larger the mass, the greater the pull of gravity. And black holes have so much mass in such a concentrated area that anything that gets near a black hole, when it gets close enough, it is drawn to it. And it is drawn to it so much that it is inescapable. Well, the same thing is true for Jesus. I truly believe this in the depths of my heart. If you come to experience a relationship with Jesus, you will not be able to leave unchanged. When you experience Jesus, he changes everything. There is no way that you can have a true, authentic relationship and experience with the presence of God and walk away not changed. When you choose to say yes to him and to commit your life to following Jesus, you cannot help but be changed. Like scripture says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. But you need to understand that not all change is easy. A lot of times change comes with a challenge. And oftentimes we get stuck as Christians in this challenge of change. But remember that Jesus has come to make all things new. So this morning, as we celebrate Easter together, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, find comfort knowing that Jesus loves you. Right where you are, no matter what you are going through, no matter what addictions or struggles you are facing, you are welcome at the foot of the cross. You are welcome there, but know that if you choose to follow Jesus, it is a journey of change. And while Jesus will accept anyone at the foot of the cross, if you choose to follow him, it means dying with him and being raised again with him. So as Christians, we believe that we are able to share in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When we celebrate baptism, this is what we are talking about. This is what we are celebrating. As we follow Jesus, our old lives have died and we have been raised with Christ. I wanna ask you this morning, have you experienced the life-changing resurrection of Jesus Christ?
Does your life reflect the change of God? Have you been made new? What are you holding on to this morning in your life that, that you need to let go of? What is it that God is asking you to change in your life as you follow him? Please hear me correctly. I'm not saying that in order to follow Jesus, you need to clean up your life, that you need to get all your ducks in a row. You need to dress a certain way, act a certain way, talk a certain way in order for God to love you. What I'm saying is that God loves you so much that he wants to work in you and through you and transform you from the inside out. So as you meet him at the foot of the cross and as you begin a relationship with him, you cannot help but walk away a changed person as, if, as you walk hand in hand with God and experience a thriving relationship with him. If you don't remember anything else that I say this morning, I want you to remember this. Jesus makes new what we could never do. Jesus makes new what we could never do. There is nothing that I could do to repair my relationship with God, to cross that void, to, to reconcile my relationship with him. It is only through Jesus that I can have a relationship with him. As a church, there are things that God is going to challenge us to change as he works within our hearts and transforms us from the inside out. For example, we need fewer programs and we need a greater focus on people. This is such an important thing to understand that the church didn't begin with lots of programs or, or even great music and cool lights. Although that's great to enjoy, that is not what the church is ultimately about. The church started with a group of people whose lives were radically changed by the power of a risen savior. Jesus has made me new. He has transformed my life and all I want to do is tell other people about it so that they can experience the same life-changing grace and forgiveness and love that I have. That is what Thrive City Church is about because the success of a church is not measured in the size of its sanctuary or its building, but on the amount and number of souls who have been forever changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Church, we need to remember that salvation, that a life-changing relationship with God is not found in just head knowledge or wisdom. That salvation is not found in dusty theology books. And while there's absolutely nothing wrong with diving into those things, we need to remember that as scripture says, that salvation is found in no one else. For there's no other name under heaven among which, among which men must be saved other than the name of Jesus. All too often, we are seeing people who have a Bible in their hand and hate in their heart. So this is what Thrive City Church is all about. This is why we exist, to lead others to experience a thriving life with Jesus, to experience an encounter with him that changes them forever as they come to know God, to find freedom from their past, to discover their God-given purpose, and ultimately to make a lasting difference. So church, we need to get excited this morning about giving ourselves to the mission of God. 
to love, to restoration, to reconciliation, devoting ourselves to making all things new for the glory of God and the good of our city. It's my prayer this morning that if you have never experienced what it's like to have a relationship with Jesus, I I pray that you would experience that right now in this moment, that you would see him face to face, that he would change your life forever. If that is you this morning and you want to say yes to Jesus and you want to take the next step towards experiencing a thriving life with him, I encourage you right now in this moment, no matter where you are, no matter what you are in the midst of, no matter what is trying to distract you now in this moment, would you just pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person that is watching this morning, that has joined us, that that has taken some time out of their Easter Sunday morning to spend with us. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for dying in our place, taking upon yourself our penalty for our wrongdoing, our sin, our past mistakes, our shame, our embarrassment, our struggles, our addiction. God, we thank you that when you died on the cross, those things died with you. Jesus, we thank you that we are able to have a relationship with you, a life-giving relationship with you, that Jesus, you not only died on the cross, you rose again on the third day because Jesus, it is finished, but it is not over. You have a plan and a purpose for our lives, for our church, and we thank you that we are able to join in with you, to live on mission with you. Jesus, I ask right now that you would come into my life, that you would be my Lord, that you would be my Savior. Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes to following the plans and the purposes that you have for me, to walk in obedience to the things in your word, because Jesus, I know that it is only through you that I can experience a thriving life, that I can find freedom from my past, that I can truly come to know God that I can discover my purpose and who you have created me to be. And Jesus, I know that it is only through you that I can make a lasting difference in my life and in the lives of others around me. So Jesus, I just ask that you would come into my life, that you would change me and shape me and make me into the person that you would want me to be. In your precious name, we pray, we worship you, our risen Savior. Amen. If you prayed with me this morning, I would love to connect with you. I would love to follow up with you. You are not in this alone. Uh, If you made a decision this morning, text the word THRIVE to 94000. It'll lead you to a quick form that you can fill out and I will reach out with you and follow up. All right, church, I hope you have a great rest of your Easter Sunday, of your Resurrection Sunday. Just remember that Jesus changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. Remember that Jesus makes new what we could never do. So I hope that you experience his grace, his love, his forgiveness, his life change today, throughout the rest of the week and in the weeks to come. All right, next week, we're kicking off a new series, a new collection of talks together. I hope that you will join us right here, same time, same place, 10 o'clock every single Sunday. All right, I love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.
Thank you so much for listening today. We want to empower you to take the next step towards a thriving life with Jesus. If you're looking to get more connected, head over to our website, thrivecity.church connect. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and we would love to connect with you.